Welcome to Career Tipper Podcast, hosted by Michelle Beatty. The Career Tipper Podcast is a motivational resource that shares career and entrepreneurial tips by industry experts that will help amazing people evolve to their professional best. And now your host, Michelle Beatty. Episode 56 of the Career Tipper Podcast features Christine Michelle Carter. As a writer, speaker, and consultant, Christine has become a voice for millennial moms and diverse professionals and labeled a thought leader for marketing to millennial consumers. She has been featured in and guest contributed to several global digital publications, including Time, The New York Times, Harper's Bazaar, Health, Ebony, women's health, and have been called the exact inspiring millennial moms and a mom on the move and the voice of millennial moms. Christine is also the creator of Mompreneur and Me, national inclusive parent and child-friendly networking events. During this episode, Christine will chat about branding your skills. I'm your host, Michelle Beatty, professional development author and coach. Christine, welcome to the Career Tipper Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Michelle, my, my name partner. I'm so happy <laughs> to be on the podcast. <laughs> yes, indeed. Oh, my goodness. Christine, please share how your career in marketing has transformed you into being a sought-after thought leader teaching brands how to find the right influencers on or for their brands. Absolutely. And we were discussing prior to the podcast that there's no such thing as uh, overnight success, that we currently live in a microwave marketplace, but that is not how my career happened at all. It started in 2006 when I was the director of marketing for a retailer in Baltimore. I enjoyed uh, providing leadership to and advising the CEO and the director of operations and other stakeholders so much on effective communication strategies and messages that I decided to open a retail marketing firm. Uh, It was called Epps Consulting. And over the years, um, I got labeled a thought leader because I headlined workshops, seminars, and panels. And I was basically instructing, educating, and inspiring organizations on successful marketing to Black millennials and millennial mom consumers. Um, I've I've also trained organizations on launching more effective and cost-efficient events and content to reach millennial audiences, which includes finding the right influencers for brands. Now, were you freelancing at the same time that you had your nine to five or does it all just a flow into one into the other, like an ebb and flow into one, one thing to the next? Well, when I was the director of marketing for a year, I did do the freelancing with small business retailers. And then I branched off on my own uh, freelancing full time. And then once I had my daughter, who is now seven, I returned to corporate America because I had started my business in a recession and really needed the stability of insurance and whatnot um, to make sure that she was taken care of with, with no surprises. Because we all know um, as, a, as an entrepreneur, you're not know exactly sure if you're going to get paid or not. <laughs> and that was often the case in the recession. Oh my goodness. This is good. Now let's start with the basics. What's the difference between macro, micro, and nano influencers? Because you work with all of them. I do. So an influencer is someone with a strong social reach and great engagement. Um, Both people don't realize are important to a successful marketing campaign. I covered that in a Forbes article when I interviewed Kristen Cavallari. Mm -hmm. Um, 
not all celebrities are good macro influencers, but she's a good one. And her endorsements will fall under that camp. Um, a micro influencer is the everyday, for the purposes of my background, let's say mom, um, who is frequently asked for her opinion about purchase decisions by other moms. She'll have over 10,000 followers, usually controls almost all of her household purchasing decisions, and usually has about um, a really large spending power in our economy, $2.4 trillion. Um, a nano in influencer is a diet micro influencer, basically like the diet Coke of influencing. They have less than a thousand followers and a, they're fine with being compensated with freebies, with products and services. They're like the hot new shiny toy among marketers right now and brands. And if you actually visit my website, I have an infographic on the blog section that outlines more about nano influencers and mom nano influencers in great detail. Awesome. Awesome. Now, what are a few creative suggestions experienced professionals in different industries can showcase their expertise and skills as an influencer? Sure. So even though I know a lot about influencers, I'm a Donald Draper, Mad Men kind of marketer. So I love bringing retro practices back because these young whippersnappers nowadays in marketing, they want to be the first to market themselves in a disruptive and groundbreaking way. And I love it, but that's just not my style. I still believe in two things. Um, content is king and no one will purchase a product or service that someone else, else hasn't endorsed. So with content still being key, I find testimonials and referrals from colleagues in their industry will do far better of a job showcasing their expertise and skills than an experienced professional ever could. Um, with just one testimonial, they could post that on Twitter and LinkedIn. They could add an image to it for Facebook and Instagram. They could put it on a testimonial page on their website, and they can include it in a newsletter to engaged users. So from one piece of copy, they're able to create six different pieces of content and show their influence. Okay, Christine, for mothers that are reluctant to start, because, you know, sometimes everyone gets that reluctancy bug gets them, the imposter syndrome gets the best of them sometimes, but you want to empower others and they want to brand their skills. What's the first step to gain clarity and launch? Okay. So mothers need to reflect on the current project that they've undertaken with no manual or performance review. And that's motherhood itself. I firmly believe that motherhood um, doesn't keep us from gaining clarity and launch, but being a woman does. So when men apply for a job, they can meet just 60% of the qualifications and feel good about applying. Women won't do that. We only apply if we meet 100%, which holds us back. We're terrified to launch because we're terrified to fail. But I read that Oprah once said, you get out of life what you have the courage to ask for. So if a mom isn't asking or even more so telling life that they want to be able to empower others and bring their skills, they're not going to get it from life. Um, motherhood didn't hurt my career and helped it. And I think that you should be defined by motherhood if you want to uh, be a successful businesswoman. I interviewed Tamara Mari for a Forbes article once and she, and I asked her how being a mother has affected her professionally. And she told me that it definitely provided her with more patience and insight when she interacts with others professionally. And uh, it affects how she solves problems professionally. And I completely agree. Motherhood shows your leadership ability. 
um, for your personal brand, it, it validates your patience and your problem solving skills. Your, you show that you are willing to take on new opportunities. You are willing to assess situations and look at all possible solutions. That's motherhood on a daily basis. I mean, we're constantly approached by these little people who are internal stakeholders. We have to think of all the possible outcomes to please those little stakeholders and set them up for success. I mean, the skills you acquire as a mother are undoubtedly transferable. I think a concrete first step goes back to a piece that I recently did on another mom for Forbes, uh, Michelle Thornton Gee, who um, was formerly with BET, but now is with Endeavor Marketing Group. She's a mom who created a personal brand while working for her current employer. And I encourage folks to check out the article because she kind of lays out the steps of it was in her corporate job that she found comfort and saw results that made her comfortable enough to not only launch her own brand strategic, but also to present that brand to her employer and bring her authentic self to work, which is so important for mothers. So over the course of being with BET and having the results, um, that she was able to experience with that organization. She felt comfortable enough to put strategic on her resume and got into her current role with Endeavor Marketing Group because she was able to have a personal brand and, and leverage that brand at her, at her formal employer. Ooh, fantastic. Now, how does artificial intelligence impact influencers building their brands? Oh, it's, it's, it's huge. Um, well, Facebook, for example, has been using AI for years. It's how they claim to solve many of the company's problems with um, incorrect news feeds that people get and hate speech. But for influence, they need to, influencers, they need to be aware of how AI includes deep learning methods like learning keyword queries to help create better search results for people and places. And, and it also filters people's news streams. So between that and constant algorithm updates, it makes it that much more difficult for influencers to build their brand and expand their reach. So they have to be very cautious of that. Okay, Christine. Now, one thing that comes to mind when you share that with me is the algorithm changes with Instagram and how when you first yeah. post, it only goes to like a very small percentage of your followers. And so I noticed some people, they're like, you know, they post that they're not happy with the revelation of who gets to see their posts as soon as they post. What, what is something that you have to share with them to educate them or tell, encourage them? What comes to mind when you see something like that or hear something like that? The only way that you can alter that algorithm is manual engagement. And that is, basically what Instagram wants you to do. It wants to remove the folks who are using third-party tools and their own algorithms to try and increase their profile on the platform. It was built on social relationships and networking, and they're trying their hardest to bring it back to that because when it becomes too much of using artificial intelligence, then that's how we get that hate speech coming through and improper news feeds and corporations overpowering the the social network so going back to just manually liking and commenting and engaging with other profiles and your followers is the only way that you can interrupt that algorithm it's it's that simple well thank you thank you thank you now what is your best practice to being an informed and validated thought leader 
for me, it is very important to continuously read articles, white papers, research materials, anything that's been published by another professional from doctors to qualitative consumer marketing agencies. I'm constantly reading. I always try to stay abreast of trends and maintain a caliber of knowledge that shows I'm a credible expert. Thank you for that. Now, please share the details of your brands and services with the listeners. Sure. So as a writer, I'm knowledgeable about all things millennial mom and black consumer. And I write for global publications like Forbes, Time, Entrepreneur on those demographics. We were discussing before the podcast that I'm working on four pieces right now at the same time. Two for Forbes, one for Parents Magazine, and one for Harper's Bazaar. It's an insane week. Um, As a consultant, I provide a fresh and impartial perspective on the pros and cons of a company's brand and can therefore suggest and implement effective branding solutions that transform organizations from a consumer marketing and HR perspective. So I support with diversity and inclusion initiatives for organizations as well. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So as a speaker, I provide a unique perspective to workshops, webinars, podcasts, panels, university discussions, global conferences, birthday parties, bar mitzvahs, you name it. (laughs) Um, And as the creator of Mompreneur and Me, I provide parents across the country with a free Mommy and Me style networking and professional development event. Fantastic. What are your foundational elements to practicing self-care while being a mom on the move? I have learned that I had put a Band-Aid on my self-care and I actually suffer from anxiety and really had to go back to the drawing board and say, what you are calling self-care is not self-care. So I try now to schedule time for myself once a month and I rotate the activity each month. So one month might be therapy. The next month is a mani-pedi. The next is getting my hair done. The next is a trip to the spa. And for me, I had to find self-care that was affordable and efficient Mm -hmm. as I try best not to cancel on myself. And I look forward to that a long time. Um, I think it's interesting that for me, long solo car drives have become another form of self-care, which is strange, but I spend so much time driving back and forth to New York. That's when I'm able to decompress, be alone with my thoughts, and just imagine. I feel like I've come up with the best ideas when I'm in the car by myself. Love it. Thank you for sharing that. Now, Now, Christine, please finish these sentences. This is like becoming one of my favorite parts of the interviews. Okay. <laughs> okay. A, a strong productive mindset is a strong productive mindset is one that allows you to be laser focused on your goals without distractions and disruption and, and disruption from from outside parties, the naysayers, the critiquers. Um, I find that if you're strong and productive, you are laser focused on your goals. Okay. And my favorite snack is? Oreos. I love them. They're vegan and I love it. Oh my goodness. I always try to, I'm a huge fan of self-improvement, like uh, clearly, and I became a pescatarian, then I became a vegetarian, and now I'm vegan, and no matter what, Oreos always go with me, because they're vegan, and I'm like, oh, how is that helping me improve my diet, Oreos? You're too healthy. (laughs) They're yummy, though. Do you have a favorite one? Just the plain, just America's favorite cookie, the regular (laughs) she's like no double stuff for me i'll just take no no, that's too much the original (laughs) that's right the original (laughs) 
Okay, awesome. The time snatcher you aim to avoid most? Oh, scrolling on the internet. I don't just scroll on social media. I scroll on the internet, and that is because I am a huge trivia nerd. I love to know random facts about things. Like, I loved pop-up video when I was a kid, and my favorite game was Trivial Pursuit. And I would love to just know random silly facts about things that I didn't even in any other atmosphere would care less about so knowing about david bowie and how he did a video who cares about that in like my regular life but that is still the biggest time suck for me is trying to just scour the internet for random facts i love it and i'm guilty of that myself (laughs) (laughs) i love it yeah totally and my hype song is oh my god anything by beyonce Probably the biggest would be girls. Okay. Run the world. Yeah. (laughs) I hear you. (laughs) Now, Christine, please share the best advice or resource that has assisted you with keeping your skills recharged and competitive in business and life. Always um, any type of consumer database. I am a huge, huge fan of Nielsen and the work that they do. That's an incredible company. And it's not just an incredible company from the reports that they produce from a diversity perspective and an inclusion perspective. But as an organization, I don't know if people know um, a lot about Nielsen as a company, but that's a great place to work. They just received um, a number two ranking on the best places to work for diversity and inclusion. Uh, they, they are very inspiring. I have a lot of colleagues who are over there, um, and they're inspiring to me uh, just as employees, but inspiring from the content uh, and the research, the extensive research that they do on consumers. Oh, well, thank you. Listeners, that's a a good tidbit. That's a good tidbit. Now, Christine, thank you so much for being a guest on Career Tipper Podcast. I appreciate you sharing your time and your wisdom. And please share with the listeners how they can get in touch with you. Sure. Uh, My website is christinemichellecarter.com. That's christine, M-I-C-H-E-L, carter.com. And you can find me on all social channels at C-M-I-C-H-E-L-C-A-R-T-E-R. And uh, my Facebook page is just Christine Michelle Carter. Fantastic. And you can find me, Michelle Beatty, at careertipper.com and on Facebook and Instagram at careertipper and Twitter at careertipper1. Please listen and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher Radio. If you enjoyed this episode or any other episode of the Career Tipper podcast, please leave a five-star review on iTunes. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Career Tipper Podcast. We're grateful for our listeners and guests. For more resources about how to evolve to your professional best, share your comments and feedback about this episode and your suggestions for future guests, visit careertipper.com. Until next time, be confidently you.